Hello, and welcome to the Hasta La Visa Baby podcast, a deep dive into U.S. immigration law and its relationship to fictitious characters in television and film. My name is Shai Dayan. I am an immigration attorney with Gibney, Anthony, and Flaherty, and I'm based in Los Angeles, California. And joining me today, as he does for every episode, he's also an immigration attorney. He's also with Gibney, Anthony, and Flaherty, but he's based in New York, and he still uses a dial-up modem to connect to the internet because he likes the sounds it makes. It's Mr. Roderick Potts. Hey, Shai. God, what's Can up? Can you hear me now? <laughs> I hear you very well. All right, good. That was a 90s joke, Shai. Can you hear me now? That was a 90s joke with a 90s joke that I started, so it all worked out. Yeah, yeah. Dial-up. Here we are. So what's What's new? up, man? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty well. Summertime is here. You know, the weather is nice. Everything is going pretty well. It was lovely outside today. I'm glad it's good on the East Coast. It's, that always makes me happy to hear. It, it was a know, lovely day in New York today. You know, yeah. in L.A., it's always nice. It's always nice, and it must get boring. No, uh, you people on the East Coast can tell yourselves that, but nope, never boring. <laughs> <laughs> Too much sun isn't good for you, Shai. Uh, so they say. So they say. So they say. So they say. That's what my dermatologist tells me. Uh, and what does he know? So uh, we'd like to start off this episode by letting everybody know that uh, we had an episode all teed up for you to come out about a week, a week and a half ago, but because of things that were not under, not in our control, that episode is lost. It is lost to the sands of time, and we cannot give you that episode. Our first ever lost episode. So at home, you can make up a story for why you think that episode is lost, but it's lost. Yeah. I know you're sad, Rod. I am. Uh, yeah, but, you know, time marches on. Time yeah. marches on, and so does the Asta La Visa Baby podcast. And That's we're, right. We're going to continue making immigration law great again. And we uh, always knew we always knew there'd be bumps in the road. Yeah. So, yeah. But we're going to smooth know, those bumps out right now. That's, that's right. Because instead of just going all of June without giving the people what they want, which is an episode and listening to us banter with each other. Absolutely. We, we have decided that we are going to have our very first mailbag episode. We have that's been, right. We have been talking about this for a long time. We are getting so many questions from the listeners. They want to, they want to talk to us. They want to know what we're thinking. So Absolutely. we're going to do, we're going to do a special uh, mailbag episode. Yep. It's, and it's exciting. And we, we've been, we've been looking forward to this for a long time to be able to, to give back to give the community back. that's been sharing so much with us. Yeah. We don't just take, but we give back. Absolutely. So um, we're going to get through some, some fan mail. But before we do that, we have a special treat for everybody. We mentioned that our last episode was a lost episode. However, we have some salvageable material from that episode. So Through the magic of technology, we've been able to make this happen. Yes, we, we were able to make it happen. So the movie that we were going to discuss was a 90s movie. And um, we had a fun conversation about what made the 90s so great. So uh, right now, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to play for you this uh, clip of what uh, made the 90s so great. So everybody, here you go. Here's a, here's a clip from the lost episode. I love the 1990s. It's when I came of age. I don't know if you love the 90s as much as I do. We were talking about it, and I think there's some things about the 90s that both of us really, really have fond memories of. Yeah, I mean, I'm only a couple of years older than you are, Shy, so I came of age in the 90s as well. I'm a child of the 80s, but by the, time, of the 90s. by the time the 90s hit, I graduated high school, 
college in the 90s. I identify very much with that decade. What are some of the things that you remember from the 90s? Because I have a long list of things. What are some of the things that really make you happy when you think about those glorious 90s decade? I keep thinking back to the 80s stuff, though. Like, I think New Coke, but that wasn't Pepsi Clear. I think those were 80s things, weren't they? Well, I think so. But Okay, Cola. Okay, Cola. I hope that's not the best of the 90s for you. (laughs) But while you're thinking about it, I'll throw some things out there. So I think there are two things that really stick out in my mind when it comes to the 90s. And the first one was music. So... Mm. I feel like I was really fortunate to grow up in New York in the 90s. When I was in high school and as a teenager, I got to go see so many great 90s bands play at some really small venues in New York City, places like Irving Plaza, the Roseland Ballroom, the Hammerstein Ballroom. So I just have a a lot of good memories of music festivals and seeing big bands play in small venues, going on the weekends and and school nights into the city and, and seeing some really fun shows. That was good. You must yeah, have I mean, some yeah. music. No, yeah, I have huge and tremendous fond memories from the same kind of thing going into, I grew up in Massachusetts. So going into Boston as a kid and going to see bands play, going to Lollapalooza. I didn't think I went to the first one, but I went to the second and third ones. Yeah. Maybe some after that. The touring festival was a big thing then. That was when going to a music festival meant you actually cared about the music. It wasn't just about wearing a weird outfit and posting pictures of yourself on Instagram so your friends could give you uh, likes. Yeah, I didn't have access to Instagram. <laughs> no, phone, not my, even my, you. My home phone. <laughs> the cord wasn't long that. enough. The cord wasn't yeah, long enough to get, get to the venue. Instagram. Yeah, no, no Instagram at the time. No one cared what band I saw. Just you. just me, and I'd have to show up at school the next day with the T-shirt on, you know, well, in order yeah, to prove that yeah. I went. Other runner-up for me for '90s memories were uh, the style. I love those wide leg jeans. I love that skater look. But <laughs> I can't say I miss that, but that's you like the, 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 the chain wallet. Oh, man. I love the good chain wallet. And the other thing about the, the 90s. Shoes. Oh, I had the vans. I had the airwalks. Yeah. I had them all. So, yeah, the 90s, uh, great time for music. Okay. So that was uh, fun. And Rod, <laughs> oh, oh, I, I have a question for you. I think I know what this question is. <laughs> let me just let me just bring the the listeners in on something. We had sure. discussed that what we were going to do for that episode is we were going to talk about what made the 90s so great. So you were prepared. You knew ahead of time that I was going to ask you about <laughs> what made the 90s so great. And all you can come up with after preparing for 2 weeks was Pepsi Zero. But didn't you, I say Pepsi Clear? I you know what? Coke <laughs> Zero. Pepsi Clear. Are you, are you kidding me? That's I, your so favorite the, the, part of the 90s? That's great. I forgot how bad my response was and how ill-prepared I was for that episode. That's fantastic. So wanna, real quick, if wanna, I could take a second to redeem myself. So what I wanted to talk about and what I what I remember very fondly from the 90s, right, is, is uh, in the context of cinema specifically, right, uh, you know, two movies very specifically that I remember seeing in the 1990s that ushered in the whole... Uh, sort of renaissance and, you know, sort of uh, the era of indie cinema, right? Which which was Pulp Fiction and Clerks, two movies that came out relatively close together in time. And, you know, Clerks taught everyone that anyone could be a filmmaker as long as they had, you know, a little bit of talent and, and, and had the wherewithal to put together a decent movie, which, you know, in my opinion, Clerks has aged extraordinarily well, but I didn't, I loved it when it came out. It was something that I had never seen before and I was super blown away. And then uh, Pulp Fiction just showed us, you know, what somebody with talent and resources could do uh, 
I mean, just, you know, and, and we've seen obviously, you know, a whole, a whole old cottage industry now of, of, uh, of indie cinema. So th- those were the two movies that I was going to quote as, as my sort of go-to nineties movies. I was going to reference those and I was going to talk about nineties cinema, but instead I talked about, um, Coke soda. zero. You talked I talked about, about I talked about pe- I, Pepsi clear. And I think it was, was it new Coke or okay? Cola. I, you know, you goofed. We just listened you to the goofed. clip, and I can't even remember now. Oh, I totally goofed. And it was, but, but that's but that's, that's the da- you know that's the danger of live radio. Man. We're keeping it real. Yeah, we <laughs> this, don't we don't pretend these aren't rehearsed. These we're aren't always rehearsed. No, yeah. no. So, well, thank you, Rod. I think you redeemed yourself. I think um, '90s cinema is a good memory that you have of the '90s, far better than than soda. Sure. So, yeah. so thank you. Yeah. Well, we hope everybody really enjoyed that clip. I sure liked listening to it again. We're fun we're to relive and very embarrassing. Sure. Yeah, but lucky that we found it and it was it was um, it recoverable. Yeah, but now we're going to get to the portion of the podcast that I think we're most excited about, and that is mailbag time. Mailbag. So, Rod, how many emails have we been getting? We've been getting quite a few emails, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. It, it, the the inbox. Some would describe our inbox as huge. Huge. It's been, uh, no, I and mean, we've been getting, uh, no, it's, it's great. We've been getting a lot of comments. We've been getting a lot of credit and we've been getting a lot of, you know, All a lot of questions. Of, we've been yeah. getting a lot, a, lot, a lot of people talking about how they never really thought about immigration much, but they, they, they love this. This is a new, you know, it lets them relive these movies. Right. And a lot of people have uh, some questions. Some people yeah. who know about immigration, some people who don't, they've been coming at us with uh, thoughts and questions. So, right. Sometimes we get personal questions. Sometimes we get professional questions. Sometimes we get questions that are just inappropriate and we will have to keep them to ourselves. But the Absolutely. questions are coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lots of good. And, and keep them coming, folks. Yes, like yes. We're, we're, gonna, we're, 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 we're happy to get to as many as we can. You know, we, we would love to address each and every one. We try to respond to every single email without fail. But, uh, you know, in, in the event that we can address your question on the air, we would, we would love the opportunity. So keep them coming. Yeah. And later on, we're going to give you that email address so that you can share your questions with us. But let me just set the stage for everybody. So we received a lot of emails and uh, Rod and I are, are busy guys. Uh, everybody out there, we are actually practicing immigration law. We're not just, you know, doing this podcast. So um, what we had to do was um, I decided I would assign the task of looking through the emails to my paralegal. Uh, her name is Brooklyn. She's kind of shy. She doesn't like to talk a lot. But Brooklyn, what she did was she went through all the emails. She uh, picked out one email that has to do with each of the five episodes that we've done so far. So we're going to do one email for each of the five episodes. We haven't seen these questions before. And we're, no idea and what's coming. Yeah, Bro- Brooklyn, you're going to feed me the questions. She's going to feed me the questions. So- yeah, and this is, again, the dangers of live radio. And I'll probably do as poorly with these questions <laughs> as I did with our clip. I hope, I hope, I hope not, Rod, for your sake. Because Let's hope. I, I, yeah, let's hope. Okay. God, so- God willing. <laughs> Godspeed to you, Rod. Here we go. <laughs> Thank Here you, we go. Shai. All right. Okay, so the first, the first uh, question has to, all I know is the first question has to do with the first episode we did, which was called Down the Hall and To the Left. This was our Home Alone 2 episode. Isn't that right, Rod? That is. That is. And, uh, and in that episode, we, we, we had a, uh, we concentrated on Mr. Hector, right? 
and we talked about all the different potential options for him. And we landed on the fact that he probably had an L1B visa. And for right. anyone who doesn't remember specifically or is confused by all this, you know, insider jargon, you know, go ahead and hit pause, jump back, listen to that episode, get yourself up to speed. And then, uh, you know, that's, but that's where we sort of landed with him. We thought he had an exactly. L1B intercompany transfer visa. Yeah. And, and just a, a refresher, he was the concierge at the Plaza Hotel. Mm-hmm. So Brooklyn, you there? Okay. Yes. Okay, here we go. Here's the question. Thank you, Brooklyn. Pete from London writes, brilliant job, guys, but I'm not so sure that Mr. Hector had an L-1B visa. I think he was married to a U.S. citizen and had a green card. How do you know he wasn't? Well, first of all... That's a profound question, yeah. First of all, thank you, Pete, for listening. Yeah, thank Thank you. Thank you for asking the question. Good to know that we have international listeners, Pete's in London. So you want to know, how do we know he had an L-1B visa? Well, Pete, you see, we're the hosts of the podcast, and we decide what kind of visa Mr. Hector had. No, but seriously, we don't know for sure that he could have not been married to a U.S. citizen and had a green card, but we're watching the movie. We see the facts of the movie. We see that Mm. he has a job. We see what he's doing. There's no indication in the movie that he was married. We don't know. No, we don't. Yeah, no suggestion. And he didn't carry himself as a as a married individual. No, you know? he didn't. I don't think he was wearing a ring on that finger. Not that everybody be- does. Uh, yeah. Not that but, everybody does. I don't. I don't remember. Right. But he also like, who would marry Mr. Hector? Uh, again, we can only go by what we see on the big yeah. screen. And Mr. Right. Hector, uh, with that accent, he was English. He was working at the Plaza Hotel. We're going to mm-hmm. go with um, the L-1B intercompany transferee visa. We're yeah. applying the facts that we see to the case, and that's what we're going with. So, Pete, yeah. by all means, start your own podcast and uh, challenge us if you want. <laughs> but to just to point out very quickly, Pete Pete's question shows that he has been listening to our podcast, and the fact that if Mr. Hector had been married to a U.S. citizen, he may have been eligible for a green card and we would have uh, we covered that in our in our i love lucy immigration 101 basics so that, so you know pete your question is not without merit but uh you know we still we're going to stick with the l1b story i think yeah so thank you pete keep the questions coming yeah and uh the next question is gonna have to do with our shake and bake episode which was uh talladega nights the ballad of ricky bobby so right. rod what what was that about so in, in that movie, you know, it, we, we, I mean, or in that episode, we, we covered the, the film tag at Talladega Nights and we covered, we, we focused specifically Jean Girard, the F1 racer the, and the Formula One, yes. Formula One, F1, Formula One, apologies. Right. And we, we figured, you know, he was at the top of his game. And so he would have qualified likely for an O1 visa. We briefly touched on the potential of a P1, but we settled on O1. And, um, you know, he had been a, a top of the line Formula One racer. So under NASCAR, we figured he would have probably qualified for uh, for that 01. That 01, oh, 01 extraordinary ability. So I can't mm-hmm. wait for this question. Brooklyn, you want to hand me the question? Here we go. Here's the question. All right. I have it in hand. Here we go. Alice from Seattle wants right. to know what would happen if Jean Girard wanted to change NASCAR teams? Does he need a new visa or can he use his current O-1 visa? Also, Rod, what kind of motorcycle do you ride? And would you like to ride cross country, maybe to the Pacific Northwest sometime? Oh, Alice. Wow. Well, Alice, I accept your invitation. 
can we take the second part of the question first? And I'll just jump in and ask that question. So Alice, I have a Ducati GT1000. It's a retro bike. So it looks like it was built in the 1970s. And I would be more than happy to ride uh, from New York to Seattle and meet you potentially perhaps at a Starbucks and we could grab a cup of coffee together. That would be fantastic. I heard they have Starbucks in Seattle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they do. Rod, do you wear a leather jacket when you, when you ride your motorcycle? In the cold weather, I wear a leather jacket. In the warm weather, I wear like a mesh jacket. I can't wait to see you on a motorcycle and a mesh jacket in the summer. Maybe I'll, after I hit Seattle, I'll, I'll, I'll go down down the coast, the five and, (laughs) uh, and come see you. All right. So thanks, Alice, for this question. Thanks, Rod, for telling us about your motorcycling lifestyle. Sure. But we did have an immigration question here. And yeah. um, again, Alice basically wants to know, what if you, John Gerard wanted to change NASCAR teams? So, Rod, I'll, I'll jump in here. And I think yeah. that, you know, an 01 Extraordinary Ability Visa <laughs> that is sponsored by the team that you're racing for is specific to the team you're racing for. So if mm-hmm. Jean Girard wanted to change teams, he would have needed the new team to file a new 01 petition for him so that it could record the changing of the teams and uh, update immigration with the new team that he's going to race for. Would you say that that's accurate? Yeah, I, I would say that's accurate. Now, we when we researched this episode, we discussed, we don't really know how NASCAR works and how the corporate structure goes, but if we go very simply, if you change employers, yes. If you are on an O-1 visa and you change from one employer to the next, definitely you need a filing with the immigration service in order to in order to make that happen. So I agree 100%, Shai. All right. Well, that, that takes care of our shake and bake episode and our shake mm-hmm. and bake question. Um, the next movie we did was, um, I think, both of our favorite action movie of all time, Die Hard. And um, the name of the episode was Welcome to the Party, Pal. It was our third episode. Um, Rod, who, who did we cover in, in our Die Hard episode? So in that episode, uh, we discussed the character of Hans Gruber. He was the, the lead of the terrorist organization that took over the Nakatomi building. And we discussed, you know, how on earth could he, as well as, to a, but to a lesser extent, he and the rest of his team have come into the, the, into the country. And, and we thought that he probably uh, unlawfully really used the visa waiver program, uh, that we couldn't really find another legitimate means for him to enter. So that's, that's sort of where we landed on him, that he yeah. came in probably claiming to be a tourist and, you and, know, as, right. a, as a German citizen is, is eligible to use that program. Very good. So um, let's have the question, Brooklyn, please. Okay. I have the paper in my hand. Here we go. Sure. Amy, Amy from Brooklyn, New York. She writes, if Hans was caught alive, could he be tried in the U.S. or would he have to be returned to Germany? Also, shy. Uh-oh. You keep talking about how you want to be rich and famous in every episode. What's going on with you? <laughs> I can't. Um, you know, Amy seems like a very astute listener. I like this. Amy, we're going to get to your question for me uh, second. Rod. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got it. I have time. I have time to build this answer up. This is an important answer. So, That's true. Um, very true. Very true. So we let, let's do the movie first. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then Shai, you can, you can, so, you can. Yeah. So if Hans was caught, caught, could he be tried in the U.S. or would they have to send him to Germany? I, I think basically the answer <laughs> is just because somebody is um, an immigrant in the United States or a non-immigrant in the United States, that doesn't mean that they can't be tried for a variety of reasons. Some of them criminal. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that if if you know he was caught in California, um, if if the authorities in California wanted to try him, they had every right to do so. He committed a crime in California. Um, at the same time, perhaps the United States would want to um, extradite him to Germany. Um, but I think it depends upon what California would want to do. What do you think about that? Yeah, so I think I think California would, would would have the option. I think you know conviction of a crime would be a convict. The conviction being convicted in a crime would be a removable offense. Right. So you know California would have the option. Do they want to turn him over to the feds to have right. him removed and sent back to Germany, or do they want to incarcerate him and punish him here in the United States? So it would probably, I guess. I mean, this is sort of an intersection with criminal law. And this is an area that, that, you know, so far, thankfully, Shai, you and I haven't had to, to enter into with, with our clients. But um, yeah, I think, I think it would more or less be at the election of California. Do they want to, do they, would they want to turn Hans over to have him, what we say now removed, the former term is deported, or would they want to punish him here in the United States? Right. I think that would be at the election of, of the state of California. Right. So, I think yeah, that- I agree with you. Yeah, the bottom line is is that he could be punished Certainly in could. California, or if he yep. committed a federal crime, perhaps in a federal court. But we're not criminal experts, so yeah, we will leave it to the criminal. Thankfully, experts. not criminal experts. Thankfully, you know, thankfully. Yeah. And now, Amy, for the the most important part of this question, um, sure. Why do I keep talking? Want? Why do I want to be rich and famous, Amy? Why not? <laughs> I mean, so. Everything is easier when you're rich and famous. You can go to restaurants. You can get courtside tickets at, at the basketball games. You got the paparazzi following you and taking pictures of you. You got fans, you know, giving you um, credit and, and taking selfies with you. I mean, I think I'm built for this. I think that... Shy, yeah, so yeah, shy, yeah, just, just to jump in very quickly, Shy, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I agree. I think you are, uh, you know, you, you were born to be famous. Yes. Uh, but just really quickly, I think you make some compelling arguments here. However, you know, remember the the poet did once write, mo money, mo problems. Oh, and this poet, how is that poet doing? I think... Uh, he- I- I'm not sure he's with us anymore. Yeah, not with us anymore. So perhaps yeah. this, this he had poet, some real problems. He had some yeah. real problems. Yeah, but yeah. no, you make a good point. But you know what? I'm I'm willing to take that risk. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're giving gun down in the street. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing. I'm willing to have a rivalry with a, a podcaster from another coast. And and, sure. and have, you know, an East Coast. Ooh, West Coast. I'm a podcaster from another coast. But what would your fame do to us, Shai? We're partners. I don't think anything guess, can break yeah. us apart. Nothing. That's right. And a rising tide raises all yeah. boats. So I'd be famous by default. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But yes, rich and famous. Come on. I want it. I'm going to. Yeah, let's do it. it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's get um, advertisers. In. Amy, I hope we answered your question. Um, <laughs> let's keep this. Let's keep this show moving, shall we? That's right. Yeah. We, we've the next episode. This was a good episode. I didn't know how we were going to do with this. This one. Um, it was our "I Love Lucy" episode. Uh, it's called mm-hmm. "We Have Some Splaining to Do." And yep. um, Rod, who did we talk about in this episode? And what did we talk about? Right. So we did. Uh, you know, sort of a, just a, a brief immigration one hundred and one discussing I Love Lucy and specifically uh, Ricky and Lucy Ricardo. And we, we, we more or less through that episode, we talked about uh, Lucy being a U.S. citizen and we talked about what that means. And then we talked, we sort of did a, 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 a sort of followed Ricky through what we thought might have been his immigration story. It was an immigration he, 101. A 101, right? So he might have had a visa, then he might have had a green card. And, you know, Lucy was a citizen. We sort of covered all the bases of immigration law. All right. That's a good summary. And now we're ready for the question. 
Thank you. Here's the question, fresh off the press. Okay. Ross, right. Ross from Nashville wants to know, if Ricky got a green card based upon his marriage to Lucy, a U.S. citizen, what would happen if they got divorced before Ricky applied for citizenship? Could he still become a citizen? P.S. Lost is the best TV show ever made. So I've, you know, some of these questions sound made up. No, we love our listeners, but is there a possibility that that Brooklyn just made some of these questions up? I, I can't imagine we would ever whole cloth. I can't imagine. We would never. You and I. No, would never. You, we would never do that. We would never trick our listeners. We would never. No, no, no. We, would we never, love our listeners. Yeah, we, we would love never leave all them of on. our listeners. All of Absolutely. them. Every one of them. So we're yeah, here, these, and yeah, we're here to entertain and educate. These questions are real, just yep. as just as real as any anything else. So, all right. So um, th- let's let's get yeah, into it. What if they did get divorced? That's an interesting question, it's right? It's a great because question. The, whole, the basis for uh, the green card is marriage to a U.S. citizen. So so. Um, we should probably jump into just quickly the mechanics of how that works, right? Yeah, let's get, let's see. Yeah, if you want to know um, more about <laughs> the process, we encourage you to listen to the episode. But Rod, please, please go ahead. All right. So basically, in the 1980s, there was a change to the law where if you have been married for less than two years, you get what's called a conditional green card. You're called a conditional permanent resident, right? So normally lawful permanent residence, which is a green card, which is is indefinite. We call it as an LPR. When you're married to somebody and the marriage has been for a duration less than two years, you get uh, a temporary green card. We call it CPR, conditional permanent residence. And what that means is that basically after you get married, in, after two years, after you get your green card, two years down the road, you kind of have to go and show that you're still married, you're still a legitimate couple, and you know you have to to show that the marriage is is bona fide. That's what the the term right. that the legal term of art that's used. Now, the law specifically says that a foreign national cannot be held to a different standard than any typical American. Right? Not all marriages last two years, so it is possible that a marriage could end in divorce during this two-year period. And, uh, you know, Shai, does, what, what would, th- would that mean that the green card case is doomed? Or, no, or do, it, could, the, could the green card case survive? It's actually a good question. The green card case could survive. If you can prove, there's going to be some hurdles. It'll be a little bit more difficult. Uh, there'll mm-hmm. be more scrutiny. But if you can prove that the marriage was entered to in good faith, and there were legitimate reasons that the marriage, um, you know, evaporated, then the sponsored green card holder could still get a a green card for good for the 10-year period. So just because uh, Lucy and Ricky might have gotten divorced, it didn't destroy Ricky's case. If he could have proved that they got together for legitimate reasons, they had a a real uh, marriage, then Ricky could have still gotten a green card and eventually he could have applied for citizenship. So that's Mm -hmm. a really good question. It's a good question, yeah, and I, and and I don't think that's uh, not you know not a detail we touched on in the episode. I no. think it's it's a, it's an important part of that whole yeah. that whole question. So yeah, great question, great yeah. question, Ross. Yeah, Ross um, uh, from Nashville. You know. It's good to know that there's more than just barbecue in Nashville. You're also thinking yeah. about immigration. Yeah, and they got that great spicy chicken down. Yeah, and as for Ross's second uh, part of his email, he said Lost is the best TV show ever made. And the reason he says that is because during that episode, we had a discussion about what the greatest TV episodes of all time were. Neither Mm -hmm. of us had Lost on the list. Personally, I have not seen Lost yet. Have you, Rod? I did. I watched all of Lost. And I like how you did that. We didn't have Lost on the list. It's like a nice, Uh, uh, you know. 
Look at that. Uh, I did watch Lost, and you know, I hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Uh, disappointed by the end. Okay. Uh, frankly, uh, but people. but you know, I did have a fun like seven years of right. of like water cooler talk. I had a couple of friends in the office that watched it too, and we'd get together the morning after and discuss it. It was a lot of fun. But yeah, should, it was. Um, should I know, watch it? Tough question. Tough um, question. Yeah, I mean, I thought if you like sci-fi, you know, like if you liked, I feel like if you liked, if you like sci-fi, if you liked X Files, uh -huh. it's kind of in that same vein. You know, lots okay. of lots of questions thrown out there, lots of story strands. Like the show does get sloppy. There's a lot of story strands that are thrown out there that are never reconciled. Interesting. So if you're if you're okay with, uh, you know, questions being unanswered, I'll give it a try. Know? I'll give it a try. I, I, I think it. I, I, it, the first few seasons are, are very engrossing, and I, I really enjoyed them. And the, the opening episode, the very first episode, the pilot episode, right. is, is fantastic. It sucks you into the story you know, well, immensely. It's so, I, I'm always definitely worth – yeah, give it, a, give it a try. I'm always I looking think it's for worth giving new it a try. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to give it a try. I was disappointed by the end, so you're going in with your eyes open. Yeah. I was disappointed by the end of the show. All right. So uh, that's, that's, I'm going to give it a try. And finally, we're going to get to our last mailbag question. And this has to do with the episode that we released um, in May called mm -hmm. Why Make Trillions When We Can Make Billions. And this was, why our, indeed. Yeah. Why. This was our Austin Powers episode. Um, mm -hmm. it, was a, it was a lot of fun to record this episode. And, and who did we cover in this episode, Rod? So in, the, in this episode, we talked, uh, we covered, you know, we touched briefly on all three Austin Powers films. And we talked specifically about Dr. Evil. Uh, and and about uh, you know his his work with VirtuCon and Starbucks, uh, Starbucks. You know, for example. So you know that's uh, you know definitely <clears throat> um, you know Alice. Uh, you know we'll be meeting you uh, meeting you for that coffee later. But um, you know we talked about Doctor Evil and his investments in the United States and and whether you know we thought that 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 might have landed him uh, uh, eligible potentially with his criminal uh, exploits still in question, but he could have qualified for, for an E2 visa, we thought. An E2 investor visa. That's what we settled mm -hmm. on. So thank yep. you for the summary. And Brooklyn, if you would please present us with the last piece of paper. Yes, right, here, printer. Here we go. Yes, thank you. Okay, here it is. Okay, I've got it. I've got it. No, yes, thank right. you, Brooklyn. There we go. Amber from Los Angeles. She writes, I have a friend who owns a cat cafe in London. She may want to open a cat cafe in New York. Would that kind of business qualify for an E2 registration and how much money would she have to invest? So this is, I wonder, I'm just curious now, is this friend connected to Pete, our listener in London? I, I, I don't know. Um, Amber from Los Angeles says she has a friend in London. Not sure if right. it's Pete. This is very interesting. It could be. What? Yeah. So what, what, I mean, we'll have to connect these two. Yes, uh, for sure. You know, clear, or they're probably friends anyway because they both live in London. We love to bring so. people together. Listeners from yeah. all over the world, we give them, we we bring them together. It's what we're trying to do. Yeah. So, all right. So let's 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 talk about this cat. It is a good question. Yeah. This cat cafe. What do uh, what do we do? So for the cat cafe, as you all know from the E two registration uh, episode that we had, the E two visa is for. Uh, basically a company that wants to open a, a branch in the United States and they want to register their company so that they can send employees or perhaps just start the business in the United States. And not just anybody is eligible to do this or not just any company is eligible to do this. You have to be um, part of, you have to be a national 
of a country that the United States has a treaty with. So Amber from Los Angeles, if your friend is from London, I'm assuming she's a UK citizen. Uh, we have a treaty with the UK. So technically somebody from the UK could be eligible for an E2 visa. Um, mm -hmm. Now, how much money would she have to invest to open the cat cafe? I think Rod, you covered this, that it's something that we don't really have an answer to. That's right. We did touch on this in that episode. And, you know, basically what we said is it has to be a substantial amount of money. And that amount is you know, sort of it's based on the industry in which right. the person is is, yeah. is starting. So, you know, if if they're opening a cafe, you know, a cat it would cafe. have to yeah. a cat cafe. It would have to be the amount of money that would typically be invested in opening a cat cafe. Right. Uh, you know, you know, mean, you know, depending upon the different types of businesses, the different there's different amounts of money that would have to be invested. And um, it's a case by case basis, basically. And I think probably what what I would want to do, because this business is um, perhaps less common, a cat cafe uh, yeah. in the United States. I think what I would want to do with this individual, if I were assisting in, in establishing uh, eligibility for E2 uh, registration, I think I would probably want to show, if I could, other cat cafes that have been opened in the United States, and you know what what was the investment amount uh, put in to show that this business was being opened with uh, an investment amount that was in line with those other businesses. To the extent that we could, I think we would try to do that. That's a great idea. So uh, Amber in Los Angeles, get in contact with us. Write us an email. You introduce us to your friend in London. Maybe we could help out. Absolutely. You never know. So, well, that was great. We, we just uh, got through our five mailbag questions. Um, mm -hmm. Thanks to everybody out there who's been emailing us uh, your questions. Mm -hmm. uh, it, Thank you to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. If we, Again, as Rod said, we're getting so many. So thanks, Brooklyn, the paralegal, for, for looking through the emails and, and picking out some real doozies. That was a good job. If we didn't get to your question this time, we're going to do this again in the future. So we'll, Absolutely. we'll just we'll keep do more mailbag. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This was uh, fun. This, this was, was enjoyable. a lot of fun, but Rod, it's not over yet. We have another oh. we have another treat for everybody. Do we? Yeah. You know how we were talking about um, the 90s in our previous clip we played? Uh, we sure. Had a, we had a segment about what made the 90s so great, which you yeah. which you corrected. Um, sure. Yeah. Well, because both of us graduated from high school in the 90s, we mm -hmm. decided that we would talk about uh, best high school movies of all time. Sure. And a fun a fun conversation, yes. Yeah, the high school the the, the high school film is a, is now a classic genre. It's so. a classic genre. They keep making them. So mm -hmm. what we did is um we we through the marvels of technology, we were able to recover uh, some audio from that lost episode where we talked about the best high school movies according to us so um here you go everybody here here listen to this and you know rod it's june it's prom season it's graduation season i thought that it would be a, a nice time to talk about maybe some of our favorite high school movies of all time not that we want to go to the prom again or we do go to the proms anymore i think we're pretty much done with that <laughs> i hope i hope i hope so <laughs> i think i'm done with that i thought maybe we would talk about some of our favorite high school movies of all time cuz the high school genre for movies is something that uh, we've seen over the years mm -hmm. so not just high school movies, but coming of age movies. Do any particular movies ring a bell for you? Yeah, sure. So when I think back to this kind of genre of movie, I definitely go both like sort of 80s and 90s. And right. you know, a lot of these probably overlap. So, you know, one of the big 
sort of high school age movies, you know, I like the Brat Pack movies, you know, I mean, I know that yeah, uh, yeah. Ferris Bueller sort of lives outside of that Brad Pack but movie, but, you know, Breakfast Club, that's a classic film. I'm a huge fan of a very, of a somewhat lesser known 80s movie called Three O'Clock High starring Casey Samasco, which and I haven't is just seen a, that. Kid, a kid facing a bully. It's very stylistic. It's a great movie. It's a sort of an overlooked teen high school classic. I also, I'm a big fan of the savage Steve Holland films that he made with like uh, One Crazy Summer and Better Off Dead, you know, sort of two classics starring John Cusack. And then, you know, moving up closer, you know, getting more into the 90s, I think when I think of 90s high school movie, I think of Clueless. Definitely. And that's the one I really think of, you know, Clueless, I can definitely... I was uh, starting high school when Clueless came out, and my high school experience wasn't close to the Beverly Hills high school experience in Los Angeles, hey. California. <laughs> hey, um, you know, nor was my far cry from... But, <laughs> but it looked like so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. And it's yeah, it's a fun movie, too. So it's uh, also, also good. What about you, though, Shai? Are there other, oh. other movies uh, from the 90s, high school movies or, or coming-of-age movies? Well... You mentioned, you. you mentioned uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I think that that's a classic high school movie. Most of the movie doesn't actually take place in the high school. It's very little of it's, it. That's uh, kind of the it, point of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think you'd agree that our favorite times from high school actually took place after hours or outside of high school. I think that's yeah. it's a perfect movie. Uh, you've got Ferris who is the cool kid in school and he basically gets his girlfriend and his best friend out of school for the day. They take a joyride in a Ferrari to Chicago. They go to a Cubs game. They go out to, to lunch. They do all kinds of things in a very short period of time. And that's Yeah, they accomplish that, a lot. That's a fun movie. I really also like a movie called Dazed and Confused, which was made in the early 90s but takes place in the 70s. And it's about the last day of school for a bunch of juniors who are going to be seniors and all about it's a wild party night taking advantage of some of the freshmen that are going to be uh, some of the eighth graders who are going to be freshmen the next year. It's a really funny movie. And then um, to show that you don't really have to be in high school to enjoy a high school movie. I think we were talking about Superbad Mm -hmm. with Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah. Yep. You know, we were, I think, starting off as lawyers when Superbad came out. Super funny. Yeah. So a very entertaining movie. Yeah. Yeah. So you I, don't. I, I remember. Yeah. I remember going to see it and I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I just yeah. you know, I didn't really didn't know what to think of it. And then, yeah, fantastic movie. Really good, good movie. So yeah. I think a, a good high school movie is not just for high school students, but it could be for people of all ages because I could still watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off and I can get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. All right. That, that was a good conversation. That was it. Was it was fun to relive that with everybody? Yeah, that yeah, was great. Do you, yeah. Do you still do you still stand by your choices? Yeah, I think I do. I think I do. Yes, I, sta- yeah. I stand by my choices too. Very happy no with that conversation. Yeah. All right. If, if, if anybody yeah. out there has some other ideas, let us know. Yeah, feel free to send them on. Yeah. Well, again, we really wanted to make it up to you. We're sorry about the lost episode, but uh, this is this is June, and we wanted to give you an episode. So here is our mailbag episode. Just a reminder, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast and, and rate us. Tell, us. tell us what you think by using a easy one to five star rating. You can find us on all the major podcast streaming platforms. There's a lot of them. I, I, I have a hard time saying them all, but Rod, you're getting good at this. What are some yeah, of the- I, I yeah. practice this uh, yeah. extensively. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, <laughs> Google Play, Amazon. I mean, where, where, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us. You can. You can. And we love to hear from you. Uh, again, do. I think I've said this like five or six times, almost as many times as I talk about wanting to get rich and famous. 
but we do like to hear from you and we have an email address it's old we fashioned do. but but this it e works but this email address is key and this email address is what made this mailbag episode possible yes so and that email address is, again is hasta la visa h a s t a l a v i s a at gibney g i b n e y dot com thank you for that email address rod and um, just so everybody knows, we plan on getting back to our usual schedule of one episode at the beginning of every month. So we're getting close to the end of June now, but uh, in the beginning of July, we're going to have uh, another episode for you, a fresh, a fresh episode. Mm. And just to, to wet your chops out there, over the coming months, we have episodes featuring That 70s Show, Coming to America, Ghostbusters 2, The Sopranos, Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Queen's Gambit, Friends, and much, much more. And, and I know you've heard of at least two or three of those shows and movies. I've heard, yeah, some of them, yeah. Some of them? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, got some, I got some watching to do. Yeah, well, fire I, up the Apple TV. I know a movie that you're very familiar with that we're going to be covering next time. This is, um, we actually got an email. Ask, I think somebody once asked us to do this one, and, and we're doing it. This was, a, this was a request in one of our reviews, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. which we were going to do anyway, but we, we bumped up the list because it, uh, it was requested. So you know, we want to give, give the people what they want. Yep, and we are going to be doing The Karate Kid, a really great movie, the 1980, uh, 1984, I believe. And um, it features a sensei, a landscaper, a interior designer, a bonsai groomer. This man did everything. His name is- Auto was mechanic. Yeah. Auto is mechanic. Anything, anything he can't do. He had yeah. proverbs. He had philosophy. He <laughs> was a war proverbs. hero. He was a warrior. Yeah. He was a pacifist. That's true. His name? Yeah. His name? Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. So we're going to be doing The Karate Kid. There's a few different movies in The Karate Kid series. I'm not sure yet if we're going to do all of them. We're going to do one of them. We're going to, we're going to talk about that, but yep. there's been a revival of the Karate Kid interest because of this show called Cobra Kai, which mm -hmm. is now on Netflix. So we're going to be giving our hot takes about that interesting show. Yeah. Yeah, Rod's no, just, uh, yeah, Rod's we'll definitely, right <laughs> we'll definitely, we'll definitely cover, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll comment on Cobra Kai and give our, uh, give our, give our thoughts. Yeah. 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 We can't wait to do that episode. We can't wait to get in touch with everybody again. Yep. So it's time to say our famous last words. Until next time. Hasta la vista, baby. Hasta la vista.